This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. Man, super excited to share one of my friends. We spent some time last year at uh, PodFest conference. Uh, just, oh my gosh, had the most amazing time. And so uh, John Katsavos is, uh, dude, he's a fellow podcast host of uh, the Fitness Oracle. And John just has a heart for Greece. And, uh, you know, having some some Greek in my lineage, you know, I look to the man and I'm just super jealous and his drive and his passion. I mean, it comes through. Um, you're also going to get to hear how his life has absolutely transformed. And so many of us can feel like it's just me. I'm the only one going through this. And, uh, you know, it's when we, when we share our stories and the transformation that's occurred, uh, like you're going to hear today that it's like, it just gives us the encouragement and the strength and, uh, just the ways to bring about that change in our own life. So I'm excited to bring uh, my friend John to you. John, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, today is a down day, but I'm trying to make twist it into a good day. So thanks for having me on, Mike. Uh, it is an honor to be here. It's great to have you here, my friend. And I think it's like, man, that's the honesty of of life, right? Sometimes we have those those more challenging days and it's like, okay, how do I pick myself up? What do I do? And uh I know oftentimes that's like community comes into play, um, you know, routines, habits, and so I'm sure we'll get into that as we go through our conversation here. Uh let me go ahead and start out with uh what does it look like for you uh on the professional side of life, on you know, like work and everything like that. Um, the professional side of things, things are starting to, uh, catch some traction, which is a good thing because for the last couple of months, there's been, I just feel like I've been spinning my wheels. So it's always good to have a little bit of, uh, uh, of hope with like when it comes to, uh, you know, online business, uh, podcasting or just a regular job, um, you know, it, it's always good to have those moments of clarity. And I, last week, I actually had that moment of complete and utter clarity. And it was, I, I joke, I joked around with this with a, with a fellow friend of mine that I was on a call with yesterday. Um, I got it while I was in my nothing box. Okay. Wait a minute. You got to explain that. What's your nothing box? Every man has a nothing box. We go into our nothing box. Honestly, almost every single time we have a chance just to shut down or when you're watching that TV show, when you're watching that YouTube chat, YouTube video, and your brain just goes blank, that is the nothing box. And I went into it, um, unknowingly with a question, who am I going to be speaking to? And 
two people popped up. And I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I've been struggling with this question for months and I go into my nothing box and two people pop up. I'm like, I asked for one. Thanks for the second. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's our brain is still processing even when we're not, you know, uh, consciously contemplating or thinking about things our brain is still working behind the scenes, man. And it, I, I think your nothing box is like what you're talking about, where we just kind of like zone out or when somebody goes, Hey, what are you thinking about? Nothing. Uh, right. Yeah. And so, you know, you jump in the shower and all of a sudden what you've been struggling to figure out just instantly comes to mind. And you're like, Hey, I have the answer. Wait a minute. What about this? <laughs> so, yeah. Our brain is, is amazing. And we're not always aware of what's, what's going on or it's processing. That's cool to hear, man. So you wanted one, you got two. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> got one, I got two. <laughs> well, uh, what does life look like on the personal side today for you? Uh, today has been a little, I'll be honest, uh, bluntly honest. Today has been a little bit of challenge. Um, just financially, financial stuff, just things are just starting to pile up. Uh, and it's, uh, it's not an easy thing, but it's, um, I know how to deal with it because I've dealt with it in the past many, 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 many times. Um, it's just hard when, um, when, when you're living in the moment in it. So it, it's not an easy thing to do, but, uh, when you know what to do, you can manage the giant waves and not get taken down too much into the waters pulled down into the waters too far so uh it has been a little bit of a challenge but like i said like i'm doing small things to um help me stay afloat i get that and it's i mean right now with where the economy is with layoffs you know different the the price prices increasing mm -hmm. i mean i think that's something that it, most of us can relate with honestly you know so it's a conversation i know that i've had with um with clients and friends and you know so yeah it's it's something that's going on well let's uh let's go back a little further and i know we'll touch base on that one uh more as we go along is like how you've how you've worked around it and how you've built that resilience that you have now from what you've experienced before. So let's go back to um, like your elementary junior high. And uh, if I remember correctly, you were, you know, in martial arts, top ranked, um, and then experienced a, a pretty big transition there when you went to junior high. Can you give us some, some kind of background and what was going on? Sure. Um, when I was eight years, seven years old, my dad, I was a skinny, scrawny little kid, and I was growing up in a, I wouldn't say a rough, rough part, but it was rough. It was, it was, it was, it was a tough part of town in Toronto, uh, in uh, Flemington Park. So my dad's like, eh, this guy, this kid's not going to be able to defend himself. So he needs to toughen up a little bit. So he put me in karate at the age of eight. And through the age of eight to 12, I, Got my second degree brown belt and um, 
I went into my my last tournament. I'll never forget this. And I ranked fourth in sparring, fourth in katas. Uh, so I was pretty good. I showed some some promise. Uh, the only reason why I lost was because that last fight, I fought the number one seed who trained out of Okinawa. And I'm like, yeah, I knew going into that fight, I'm, I'm going to lose this. I'm fighting him. Yeah, yeah, I lost. <laughs> um, and I joke. I say I. It was that that fight was so that fight was so uh, bad for me that like I thought he was throwing a punch and I I get kicked in the head. <laughs> That's how good this kid this this kid was. Um, and that was the year the year after I was going to go to junior high school, and my dad told me I'll never forget this told me, John, the rules of the game have changed. He goes, forget about what you knew in, in, in public school. Forget about all that. Because the second those boys are going to find out that you know how to fight, you're going to fight the entire school. At all age, at all age levels, all grades. So you decide what you want to do. You want to tell them and you're going to be coming home with black eyes and busted up noses, or you want to keep this quiet and coast through junior high school. I chose, you know what? I don't want to fight. Like I, I, it, It's the weirdest thing because you go into martial arts thinking, okay, I'm going to learn how to fight. I'm going to learn how to protect myself. And you come out of martial arts thinking, I don't want to fight. I, I, I don't want to. So I kept it quiet, and um, towards the end of the, towards the end of the school year, uh, this one kid we were playing soccer in the on at lunchtime, and he shoved, he kept he kept shoving me, shoving me, shoving me, shoving, me. and I got pissed off, so I shoved him back, and then we and then a fight broke loose, and then the story started to story started to circulate. Oh, John knows how to fight. Oh, this fight looked like I was watching a movie. It was so good. Oh, the moves were crazy and this and that. And um, the guy that, I, the kid that I was sitting beside, he was, uh, he was a little bit of a bully. Oh no, he was a big bully. Uh, skinny, skinny kid too. He just wanted to show himself that he was a tough guy, right? So he wanted to pick a fight with me. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't cave into his, uh, I wouldn't cave into his, uh, his things. And I'm talking about, he would sharpen his pencil and stab me in the leg. He would take tacks and poke me in the side with tacks. I'm like, dude, stop it. Stop it. I don't want to fight. Please stop this. To the point where I'd had enough. Uh, my grandmother at that time was going through chemotherapy for lung cancer. Uh, and I broke down. I broke down in class. I couldn't take it. I had my, my, my grandmother who was like my mother and I see my mother um, getting depressed because her mom was dying. And my, my grandmother was dying. She, my grandmother was like my second mom. And here are the two most important women in my life and they're both suffering. And I got this little mm-hmm. beside me. He's egging me on. So I just, I just broke down in tears. I was ready to fight him. I was ready to make a make a statement with this kid. I was going to 
pummel him to the ground. And anybody who got involved, I would have pummeled them too. There's an interesting thing that happens to fighters that's not spoken before a fight. The emotions that that these fighters, I'm talking about UFC, Bellator, all these professional fighters, even boxers, we don't see what they what they go through in the dressing room two hours before the fight, an hour before the fight. The emotions, what they're trying to think, they're trying to talk themselves and their trainers out of the fight because they know that they're going to walk into that ring and they're going to get that mm, beaten out of them. To any human being, that does a lot of bad stuff up here, up in your head. So. I didn't know this. I was, what, 13 years old? What does a 13-year-old know? Right? I thought I was weak. I thought I was weak because I broke down in tears. But I didn't know that this is a normal physiological reaction to be prepared for a fight. Some fighters do this. Other fighters, um, they go and, you know, they um, crown themselves in the toilet. I know this is a PG. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just trying to get that excess energy uh, of voice. And um, yeah, he ended up stopping his little stuff because he saw me break down. And uh, I put the blame, I put the blame on my grandmother that she was passing away uh, from, from lung cancer. So that was... Uh, That set the stage for my high school where I really fell into my shell because I thought I was not worthy. I wasn't tough enough. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't cool enough. I was didn't dress with the nice clothes. Didn't have the nice hair. The girls didn't like me. So I fell into this, this, this really thick shell. And I put this hard exterior where I didn't allow anybody in. The only person that I allowed in was my sister, my mom, and my dad. That's it. Nobody else was allowed in. So uh, that was that was the I'd say that was the beginning. Kind of making a small circle of safety, so to speak, right? Yeah. So how did you th- see things from there? So you're like going through high school, kind of just small circle. How did things continue to progress? Um, you know, as you got out of high school, continued on, um, you know, your, your grandmother's cancer, you know, what, what kind of experiences are coming up then and how are they impacting you? Um, when my grandmother passed, I was, uh, I had moved schools. And, um, that was a hard day going back to school. I took a couple of days off because, you know, it's, it took three days off and some kid came up to me or we had a project do. I don't even remember what the project was. And, um, he called me lazy. He called me that I was, uh, I was hiding. I lost it on him in the middle of class. I, it, it was at the beginning of class. The teacher and the students had to pull me off of him. So 
I was a mess. And I was screaming and yelling, I can't believe she's dead. I can't believe she's dead. Why did she have to die? And nobody in the class knew what was going on. And my, my, my teacher read the letter and she's like, oh, she's like, John, you need to go home. You need to go home. She goes, I'm like, what am I going to do at home? I'm just going to feel just as crappy as I'm going to feel worse there than I'm going to do here. And they, <laughs> there was uh, there was this one kid uh, who I think ended up in a gang. This was hardened, this hardened kid, right? Life is just hard on him even harder than me. And uh, he just looked at me and he goes, your, your grandmother was important to you, wasn't she? I'm like, I just looked at him and go, she was my second mother. He's like, I feel you, brother. I feel you. He goes, anything you need, you just let me know. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Jeff guard big time. Whoa, I, I was like, what's going on? So let's fast forward a little bit to uh, to high school. High school, I was a little, I was a nerd, okay? A nerd in the early 90s in high school, which means I had no friends. <laughs> I had maybe three friends, maybe three. Two for sure, three maybe. Um, so I, I was like in grade 10. In grade 10, I'm like, I need to change this. I, I can't be the nerd anymore. I don't want to be the nerd. I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, I see my sister. She's popular. I see my cousin because we all went to the same high school. He's popular. They all have a huge amount of friends. I only have three. And I'm like, okay, I need to change this. What do I need to do to change this? Oh, um, TV tells me that if you're part of the football team, that you're going to be popular. So here's this five foot six. 100 pounds soaking wet, little kid saying, I'm signing up to the junior football team. I had the illustrious position of left bench for the whole season. <laughs> um, that summer, because grade 10 going to grade 11, you would go from the junior to the senior football team. Um, I told myself well, when I would try out for the senior football team, I'm starting in the position that I want to be in, which was a right safety. So that entire summer, I dove into the gym. Every single day I was in the gym. I don't care if it was a holiday or a weekend or if it was 40 degrees and beautiful outside. I'm in the gym for an hour and a half to two hours. I'm in there. I'm working on me. And I fell in love with the gym that summer. I fell in love with the transformation that I had, the confidence that I had, the, the, the strength, the, the jaw dropping the next summer, the, the next fall in school. The girls were like, hi, John. I'm like, whoa, who are you? Who are you? Hi. I had this one, I had this one, uh, this one student in, in my English class grade 11, he, uh, he was on steroids. So he was huge. He was a big boy. And he looks at me, he goes, what are you taking? I'm like, nothing. He's like, you're lying. I'm like, no, I'm not taking anything. 
I'm just smarter than you when it comes to working out. <laughs> you got so, that resilience and focus. Yeah. Um, and I actually started, I had something which, which didn't allow me to uh, continue with a senior football team, but the actual coach told me, he goes, I want you to continue because you're starting that position. I'm like, because I was faster than the entire football team. I was stronger than all the safeties. I was stronger than all the wide receivers. I was, I was on par with a line with, a, with, a, with a linebackers. So I was, I was strong. I had built my strength. I'd built my size. I had built my speed. He goes, I want you on the team. I'm like, well, the doctor told me I can't. And were you going to go against my doctor? He's like, well, no, I had my out with that teacher. Anyways, he was a special human being. <laughs> But I I, st- I I stuck with the gym um, throughout all of high school and all of community college, uh, and that was it was a mistake for me not to go uh, become a uh, go get a, like my my kinesiology degree because I loved the gym I loved the human body and the way that it can transform and and change and and adapt it was just it was it was just it was, it was like a drug to me like i just wanted to learn more about it i still do so uh in community college uh it's kind of a blur to be honest with you it's just a little bit of a blur just a lot of alcohol was involved that those years <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> Did you end up seeing like how you said, you know, you'd gone more internal, you know, you're, you're really trusting like your sister, mom and dad, right? After that summer, did you see that that kind of loosened up and you began trusting other people as you found they were engaging with you differently? No, because I had a little bit of a, trust issues with people especially with strangers and I, uh, I i wouldn't say that i still have them now but it's more on the lines of uh um i will give you the trust and but when you lose my trust you'll never get it back back then it was like i'm just not going to give you my trust you're not going to have it i don't care who you are and what you do there's only uh two two kids that i actually gave gave my trust and one of them i'm still friends with to this day and he's like my brother and i'm like his brother we call each other like brothers from a different mother uh, our villages my mom our mom's villages are less than 10 kilometers away from each other that's how close so it's like we just anyways um So it, it it was hard for me to um, to open up to people. So as you got through, you know, like found your confidence in and your love, like you found your passion, being in the gym and and training your body and just kind of finding that that new side of John. How did 
how did that continue as, you know, like you're going through junior college and getting into your twenties, how did that transform from there? Like, what did that lead into? Um, I went to school outside of after high school to become a mechanic uh, on, on auto mechanic. And, um, I couldn't find a job. So I got a job as a security guard. Just, I just needed to make ends meet. And it got to the point where the security guard position got me as a shift supervisor. And I was making money back in the late nineties. I shouldn't be making that kind of money. I was making good money. Like back in the late nineties, I was making like close to $20 an hour. That's good money back then. It's like 40, 50 bucks an hour now. And for a, for a kid in his early twenties. Yeah. I bought myself a $40,000 car back then. I put myself back into university to, to up my game with, uh, with computers. Uh, I was looking at moving out uh from my parents house i was going out every single weekend and my weekends were thursday friday saturday sunday (laughs) (laughs) so i was living the life i was living a great life in my early 20s early to mid 20s and um two guard two of the guards that were under my supervision on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve of twenty twenty of two thousand and two, two thousand and one, two thousand and one, they decided to go up to a to a tenant's um, place of business and make themselves two cups, three cups of coffee, uh. One for each of them and one for me. I'm like, guys, don't get me a coffee. And you're not allowed to go there. I'm telling you right now, you're not allowed to go there. They went, they made the coffees, they brought it back down. Thank God they made it with milk. I couldn't drink it because I was quote unquote lactose intolerant back then. Uh, My supervisor at the time was doing an investigation on that residence, on that, that tenant's suite because of past breaking and enterings, possible thefts. And he saw on his hidden cameras, my two guards walking into their suite, making three coffees, walking out of that suite with three coffees. So breaking and entering and theft, regardless of how you see it, regardless of how you see it, that's breaking and entering and theft. I didn't report them to my supervisor. So I got, I was let go from the site with two guards and I was promised by my supervisor that the company would transfer me to another location. Well, the company wanted to make an example of me. So the company let me go. I was very angry. I went from making a great job, make great making. I went from working, I wouldn't say a great job, had a great job, but I had a really well paying job, really good position that was, I was looking for at another promotion to unemployed, can't pay my bills. My credit is gone. 
I dropped out of university because I couldn't afford to go to school anymore. Uh, I stayed in my parents' basement because I couldn't afford to live outside of my parents' basement. And I was ruined. And here's my friends going out every night, picking up girls, having a good time, getting married, having the nice cars, having the great jobs, living an amazing life. And here I am, I was in that, I was in that pool and all of a sudden I'm left with nothing. I didn't leave my bedroom for more than, but I left my bedroom only to eat and only to shower once a week. You were only eating once a week. I would only to eat like (laughs) once, once a, once or twice a day yeah and to shower once a week because mm. i couldn't i couldn't stand the smell at that at that point yeah. so i'm like i just gotta shower because all, all i was doing was playing video games and watching tv it's all i was doing doing nothing else and um day after day month after month i had had enough I'd had enough waking up every morning, looking at myself at the mirror, telling myself, you know, you're, you're, you're nothing. You're, you're, you're useless. Uh, all your friends are, have their life together. You are a mess. You're, you're, you're garbage. I was talking, I was saying that to myself for what, like four or five months straight. And, um, I had enough and I walked straight to a bridge, uh, bridge near here. And I was, I was timing the cars as they were coming because I wanted to jump. Um, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't. I'm still here. <laughs> Grateful you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had a little bit of uh, angelic intervention, if you will, uh, which I didn't. Uh, it showed me. Uh, it showed me my funeral. Uh, what I would do if I did do that act. And I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I don't care if stuff, bad stuff happens to me. I don't want to cause harm on other people. And I don't want to cause suffering and pain on my parents or my sister or even my friends or even my cousins or my aunts, even the ones that I don't like. (laughs) So I didn't do it. And um, yeah, I walked off the bridge and little by little, Little by little, I was getting better every day. So how did you go from like where depressed, angry, um, you know, feeling like that lack of worth and, and just medicating to get through? I mean, I think we've, you know, been there for that. How did you get from that low point? You said you're getting better and better. How did you start making the change assuming you made a decision just like you did back in 10th grade when you're like hey i'm not going to be in this place anymore was that kind of the same thing but on a different scale um it was um but it was on a smaller scale which if it makes if that makes any sense like i would do things weird things like i would wake up in the morning when everybody would leave the house i'd take like a blanket or like the towel and I put it over the mirror so I don't see myself. 
And then I would just wash my face, brush my teeth. And, um, and as I was walking out of the bathroom, I'd pull the mirror down so nobody would notice that there's a towel the mirror. They'd be like, what's this? What, what's going on here? <laughs> and um, once every other day, I would, when everybody's out of the house, I would have gone out for a walk around the block and then back into the house just to get some fresh air. So that forced that. That's what I mean by little by little. I take little steps like that. I was doing it unconsciously. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, I just, I, I can't be in the house right now. I just get out and just go for a walk and come back, feel a little bit better, play some more video games, feel a little bit more crappier and go on the computer and do other stuff. Yeah. And over the over the course, I, I'd like to say, oh yeah, the next day I just snapped my fingers and everything was great. I was like uh, bouncing off the walls. No, this took this took the better course of a year before the bridge incident and me getting a job in um, as a as an armed guard. It was about a year before I got there, and it wasn't up until like six, seven months into it where I was just doing it, and I'm like, all right, now let me let me go on this job board and see what jobs on monster.ca and see if I can get a job. I see, I just started applying, just out of jokes. Um, I landed the job with uh, the armored guard company, which is no longer around in Toronto. I actually lied on my application because on the application it says, have you ever suffered on your gun application? It asks, have you ever suffered from uh, uh, d- uh, depression? I put no. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But I think, what you've talked about there, while it may seem small to some people in their perspective, you were like at one point only showering once a week and instead you're doing it every day. So those things are starting to make a change. And it's like those things when they become, you know, like a consistent thing and you're you're making those changes they snowball and it's like what what can seem small will build into something larger right so but you do have but you do have to be careful though how so because the seeds could still be there like i'll give you another i'll give you another story like when i was as an art when i was working as an armed guard Mm -hmm. um i got it i got the job so i started to make money uh paying off my debts and I had a lot of debts back then. Uh, my credit started to get better. So I signed up to a gym, started working out. I'm like, okay, now I'm feeling better. Like I was a little bit more. And it was one night. I'll never forget this. It was one night we were on the way back from the drop. So we take all the money, put it to the drop at the bank and then drop off the truck at, at the shop. And, uh, we were, we just got off the highway. We we're just getting off the highway. And uh, I, I looked at my messenger. I'm like, he's not fast enough. He's not fast enough to stop me from pulling my gun out, putting it in my mouth and pulling the trigger. I'm like, oh, I'm like, whoa, I'm not out of this yet. I'm not out of the woods at all. Yeah. 
it's like I said, that you have to be careful. Like once you start to think that, you know, you are on the path of healing and you are, you still have that seed inside of you. And that seed, if given a little bit, could, could completely ruin everything. So you just got to be mindful of, of, of that. And for me, it was like the next day I'm like, I'm going back to martial arts. I'm going back to martial arts. So that was like between the fitness and the martial arts, that was kind of what helped you to have a better, better, uh, like mental health, right? You were in a better, better mental state and just, um, just seeing things from a, a healthier perspective, right? Yeah. 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 The, the martial arts just, that was like game changing for me. So, um, as you're continuing on with like the, you know, you're doing martial arts, you're doing the, the armed guard, like how do things continue to progress from there? Um, cause you're, you're getting into a better mental state with the martial arts. How are things, you know, building up from there? Um, life was great. Life was amazing. Life was so good. Um, I had, um, I had left the job at, at the armed guard and I got a job at the, at one of the, uh, the loading docks and, um, life was awesome. I was making good money, had an easy job. I had my martial arts, I had the gym. Life couldn't be better. Then I got bored. I got freaking bored. Like I was going up and down the elevator. I'm like, this can't just be my life this me in an elevator for four to six hours supervising and i'm using air quotes people moving their furniture in in and out of this building this can't be my life so i decided to look back into my life look into my life and see where am I most happiest? A martial arts thing. You can only become an instructor when the instructor tells you you're going to be an instructor. And that doesn't pay very well. So where else am I happy in my life? Hmm. I'm also happy in the gym. So what does it take for me to become a personal trainer? People keep asking me, you know, what do I need? At that point, people were asking me, what do I need to get healthy? And how do I get in shape? I'm like, oh, just do this exercise, that exercise, this exercise, that exercise. And I'm like, wait a second, I can get, I can get paid for this too. Bing. <laughs> Your little fitness uh, training instructor kind of deal, right? Yeah. So yeah, that, and, uh, Pretty much the rest is history with that. Like I just, I got my, I got certified under CPTN and which is Canadian personal trainers network. Um, got a job at a good life, which is a big box gym here in Canada. And, uh, I'm like, wait a second. Why do I have a quota? Mm. <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about quota? I'm just here to train people. I'm not here to sell. Yeah. So, yeah. 
that was that's a different story. <laughs> gotcha. Um so in like looking back as far as you know this the different challenges that you faced um like when there's the finances or there's the times where it's you kind of feel like oh my gosh I'm in this for the rest of my life how do you how have you navigated those as far as like what's helped you um to find like a healthier ground i'm assuming you know like what we've talked about with the martial arts and the gym that that's a key, key component for you like what else has helped you to be in a in a state that you can look at and go okay i'm going to i'm going to take these small steps and improve things what's what's helped you out in those areas routines diving into routines and getting small victories every single day even if the victory doesn't feel like it's a like like it's a victory it's a victory for you even just attempting it so what would a routine that um like you're using what would something like that look like i mean one of my favorite things that my mom actually uh, always preaches not just to me but to my nephews to my sister to everybody who's close to her is if you're going to get anything done get it done in the morning otherwise it's not going to get done so morning routines are probably the most powerful tools anybody can actually implement into their life now it doesn't have to be this elaborate uh morning routine that takes an hour like i do uh with reading and push-ups and burpees and meditation doesn't have to be on any of that it could be just as simple as self-care like waking up in the morning washing your face with cold water brushing your teeth taking a shower there's a morning routine it doesn't have to be super complicated it can over time start to become more complex like i have i have a pretty complex morning routine takes me an hour to turn on this thing takes me an hour to turn that on to get to the point where you're going to turn on your phone so you just leave it off right well i just leave it the way it is right now it's in sleep mode Hmm. i don't press the power button to get that screen yeah you know i just leave it the way it is i do my uh, i do my burpees uh, I do my prayer. Sorry, I do my prayers. I do my burpees. I do my push-ups. I do my squats. I do my jumping jacks. I do my reading. I do my morning pages. I then I turn on my phone. An hour later, I turn on my phone. So you're hitting a bunch of different areas within a short amount of time. So you're not like going, "Hey, I have to do this for a half an hour. I have to do this for forty-five." Um, you're just making it so it's like you're touching on different areas that you know help you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a process to it. Like you do your, I do the, the actual process is, uh, morning prayers, um, uh, self care, which is like washing your face, brushing your teeth, taking a shower. <laughs> um, then you go into, uh, the, the meditation, uh, the meditation part of it, Steve Harvey actually says it really good. 
in the morning, because the way you do is to the, in the morning, what you do is you speak to God, uh, then you prepare yourself and then you put yourself into a meditation, then you listen to God. So from there, I open up a book, uh, like a, like a, and most people are like, well, what kind of book do you read? Well, I read like something like on something that interests me, something that will make me better, not like Harry Potter. <laughs> You're not reading Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or something along those lines. You're reading something that's focused on self-improvement. Is that right? Yeah. Self-improvement in one aspect or another. Uh, it could be a business, could be a podcast, could be uh, self-development, could be whatever, whatever it is. Right. Um, and then I write down my, I open up my book and I start writing. First things that come into my mind, I just write it down, whatever it is. Gibberish. This is gibberish. Why am I doing this? I have no idea why I'm doing this. This is a waste of my time. And then it <laughs> it's funny, but you'll be surprised at what comes on that page. Your personal feelings come out on that page. Business ideas come out on that page. Uh, problems that you had in the past come to light on that page. It, and it's it's the weirdest thing. And then you get to hash through it and actually work through it instead of letting it subconsciously dictate your decisions and actions you at least uh get to address it and work through it right exactly exactly but like i mean if someone is like like really struggling with stuff like i won't say okay do this complex morning routine keep it simple do one thing constantly for three months doing it constantly for a month is a challenge for most people but there's a reason why I want three months because now that habit has become a part of you and you can't give it up. Well, and like you had transitioned from, you know, doing hygiene, taking a shower once a week to daily that that's part of your morning routine right there just to make the self care portion where it's like, okay, now I have done this and it, I don't know, maybe different experience for you. I know for me in my morning routines that it almost builds like a trust. I trust myself that I can finish things. I trust myself that I'm going to get up and get this stuff done. And it puts me in a better state for the rest of the day. Is that kind of your experience as well? Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I said, it's like little wins that you get. And if you can get the wins in the beginning of the day, well, then you can win the rest of the day. True. Very true, my friend. I love that winning the rest of the day because it's like, man, it sets it. Well, John, help me out. How can other men reach out and connect with you outside of the podcast, man? You, I appreciate the fact you've shared so, so openly and, and shared ways that you've gone through the transformation. How can men connect with you outside of the podcast here? Well, uh, they can reach out to me on, uh, on the unmighty networks, uh, they can reach out to to get the um, to get signed up to our our weekly newsletter that we set uh, that we send out, and that's all by just by signing up to the uh, newsletter. Uh, it also sends a, a, a Calendly link to have a conversation with me, so we can discuss you know where are your sticking points and how can I help you, and all that is all free, which gives also access to uh, the Fitness Oracle uh, early access release. 
So the Mighty Networks is a powerful, powerful community that we're that we're building right now. And that we're trying to make sure that everybody has all the tools that they need in order for them to succeed, to get those small wins, not just through the day, not just at the beginning of the day, but throughout the rest of the day too. And eventually winning your life. So within Mighty Networks, how do how do I find you? Oh, um, it's the Podcasters Wellness Alliance. It's a name's a little misleading, but it's it is for podcasters, but also for people who want to up their level, up their game, up their uh, up their life. Very cool. Well, John, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate your time. Um, just, dude, when we had the chance to talk a year ago at Podfest, absolutely loved your journey and how you done you know brought about the transformation so i appreciate you sharing it here today my friend thank you thank you mike my pleasure thanks so much my friend for joining me on another episode if you found the information within the show helpful please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free see you on the next episode and remember to continue putting yourself out there have a great one